I'm Jay Matthews, and this is AD Update. School's full bore for us, new year, and so uh, excited to begin talking about the train kind of getting going. It's not full speed, but it feels like we're running full speed, but I thought it was an outstanding time for us to have Chris Heaps uh, spend some time uh, talking with us about his uh, short time at Briarwood, but the great impact he's had. But Chris, thanks so much for being a part of this. Awesome. I'm glad to be here. Hey, uh, it's kind of interesting what's happened just recently uh, because uh, when you first came on board, uh, I'm the director of athletics and you're going to be the uh, director of athletics operations. And because of some transition we're in now, I'm actually kind of operations and you're athletics. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway, uh, uh, talk to us a little bit. I'm going to go into your background uh, all the way back to even when you were part of the Yankees organization. But to get us started, uh, kind of the whirlwind that got you here uh, this time last year. Yeah. And, um, then, and then what's ha- kind of happened to you since you've been here? Well, you know, uh, I was kind of at a point in my life, uh, you know, at Russellville, um, what a blessing it was, the 10 years there. But uh, I was kind of at a point in my life where I was starting to think about the future, obviously. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think every decision that you make is uh, should be a calculated decision, and you should make it with intent to have a return on investment. Yeah. You know, because every decision should be an investment. So uh, we were thinking about what was best for our family, and I, I had 26 years in the public school system and had the uh, the ability to retire if if I wanted. And you know, I had reached out to uh, actually a couple of private schools and said, hey, you know, next year once my boys graduate. You know, we're, we're, we're looking to maybe, you know, make a move. And, you know, I really pursued Coach Renfro and, and talked to him about it and then spoke with you about it because Birmingham just made sense because of my, my daughter, son-in-law, and our brand-new grandson being born last summer. And, uh, man, just bringing that family circle together and, uh, you know, having my wife close to uh, her daughter and yeah. – uh, our grandbaby, uh, man, it's been such a blessing. But, uh, you know, I was uh, coming in, you know, with the idea of, you know, okay, I'm not an athletic administrator, but I have been, That's you right. know, as a head coach. I've done so much uh, with eligibility, fundraising, and, you know, all of the things that you do, operations. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, I think um, I go back to a thing that, resonates with me and and I had a close friend that mentored me when I first started teaching Jimmy Yarber was a fellow teacher and and I said man I don't know if I'm qualified for this and he said God don't call the qualified yeah he qualifies the called yes and you know slowly that's happening to me as I've made this transition not only into athletic operations but now as interim athletic director you said it best you know uh, taking taking this new role that you've taken, just like I've taken a new role, there's a lot of new information. And it's like an information superhighway. It's like drinking from a fire hose, like you said. And uh, that's been the case uh, some points, you know, (laughs) in mine as well with, you know, emails and POs and returning phone calls and, you know, just dealing with a little drama here and there, you know. But I do want to talk about these last kind of 12 months, Mm -hmm. give or take a 
few weeks at Briarwood. You knew about Briarwood, didn't really know Briarwood. You got to know Coach Renfro. I think you talked to Coach Hall, who'd been here previously. Oh, yeah. Your boys, and that's an amazing thing, the thing about their change their senior year. And we talked about just enjoy your boys, you know, senior year, mm-hmm. you know. So what, what's what been kind of your experience now in, this, in these 12 months about, you know, what you've come to know and then a little bit about the potential that we talk about uh, consistently in that time here? Well, you know, what, what I've learned, and it's what kind of what I expected, I, I felt that, you know, Briarwood would be a great opportunity for us to uh, be challenged academically, for my boys to be challenged. I knew there was academic rigor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that, you know, Coach Renfro had a lot of knowledge, and being baseball players, that, that we could tap into that knowledge. And I felt like, you know, uh, and, and me not being the head coach, I think there was a lot of growth for my boys. Right. You know, uh, don't get me wrong, they grew a lot in my program, but, right. you know, they needed that. And right now they're experiencing that growth at Wallace State, you know, dealing with Coach Putman. I mean, yeah. uh, and my boy said, you know, he says a lot of things similarly, but, you know, he, he's yeah. he's different, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, you just got to get uh, uh, adaptability, adjustability is so important in life. But, uh you know, it was a big adjustment for them coming in as seniors. You know, I felt a little bit, you know, I, I don't know if I'd say guilty, but I felt like, sure, you know, second-guessing myself, should I pull my boys from their senior year? But, man, they had such a great experience here, made a lot of really good friends. They experienced spiritual growth, academic growth. Mm-hmm. The baseball is real baseball. It's really good. And, uh, man, we had such a great group of uh, seniors last year and then underclassmen that, you know, uh, just a good chemistry. So, uh, yeah. and we like what we got coming back. So, yeah. we're excited about that. But, um, well, I'm so glad it was a blessing, and you've been a blessing to us. So, there's no way you would have known when you're, you know, wet behind the ears in the New York Yankees organization that you'd end up at Briarwood one right. day. So, talk a little bit because I think your background's so unique and how God prepares you for right. every step along the way. So, it, it really has been, um, I've always tried to make every decision with with a heart for God. Hmm. And I, I used to pray for, you know, God bless me. And when I changed that, and I changed a lot of things when I became, a, you know, I guess a head coach and had to start thinking about things, you know, from the full scale and and that it's not really about wins, it's about making winners yeah, yeah. And, and and that starts with uh, uh something that i used in russell was we is greater than me but now i've even added that he is greater than we oh wow and That's, we yeah. is greater than me yeah interesting and, and you know and it starts with with god yeah and, and then it's about the team and that team is your family and, and whether it's your 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 friends your your circle but you know, we're trying to encourage our guys to, you know, really buy into, you know, being a great teammate. Yeah. And because at some point, and being great leaders. And, and, and when you're a great teammate and a great leader, leaders only have two things to think about, and that's accomplishing the mission that they set out to accomplish and then taking care of their teammates. And we're trying to teach our guys that that's the, that's the two things we got to focus on. Yeah. So, um, but going back to, you know, the Yankees, when I walked away from that, that was uh, – my dad wasn't happy with it. But uh, it, it was uh, it was a tough decision. But um, 
you know, uh, a lot of guys get cut and they, you know, they, they regret, maybe I should have worked harder. I was working hard and I was getting better. I just felt like, man, I, I don't want to spend six, seven, eight, ten years pursuing the big leagues when I knew, when I went into the brass that day and spoke to uh, uh, the leaders of our organization in Tampa, I said, I know what God's called me to do, mm-hmm. and that's to serve in education, and I'm going to be a teacher and a coach. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, any 19, 20, 21, 22 year old would be excited about playing professional baseball, and you'd say, How'd you walk away from that? But it was just a, a, a maturing process that I knew I needed to go through. And uh, you're talking about a blessed career, and, you know, some people never get, you know, confirmation. Uh, about decisions that they make, whether it was the right or the wrong decision. But I look back at my career. I was telling a friend of mine the other day, and, and I say this with humility. I'm not tooting anything because not tooting my horn, but I look back at, you know, 26 years of coaching and teaching in the public education. I look back at all the relationships that I've had and the opportunity to impact people, not only in the the area of education, but of, you know, I didn't quote a lot of scripture, but I mm-hmm. think people saw Christ through me. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And through the love and, and, you know, in public education, you, you, you know, you, 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 I never shied away from my faith. Right. I always told them, I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to share this with you. And if they fire me, I'll have another job tomorrow because it's important to yeah. me. Yeah. So, you know, and I always I always used it that, uh, you know, you don't have to believe as I believe, but i got to tell you who I am so we can have this relationship. Yeah, you know, makes sense. And transparency. So, but, but going back to uh, just if I look at my assistant coaching career, you know, I was part of three state championships and, and two more runner-ups and like seven, six final fours. Yeah. So, I mean, you take six and – three and two that's 11 times where we either got to the final four or to the state championship and then when I became a head coach I go to Phoenix City and I get confirmation again we took a group that had gone 17 and 14 the previous year and we we amp up the the schedule and we go 31 and 16 we go to the we go to the final four and man we're moving to Russellville and a friend of mine called and said, hey, congratulations. And I'm like, on what? He said, you're 6 A coach of the year. <laughs> and I had no clue. I'm yeah. like, man, I don't care about that. I said, look, yeah. all that means is that I had a bunch of really good young men yeah. who bought in to a process that was able to allow us to accomplish that. I yeah. said, with God's blessing. Yeah. So, you know, when, when those accolades, it's like blue maps and rings and coach of the year stuff. Those aren't the trophies. The relationships that we have with the young men, and, and when you see those young men 10 years from now, or when you get the pictures of our newborn baby or our wedding invitation, you know you did you know what God wanted you to do. Well, it's so cool, too, how God, he, he does you know, qualify who he calls and supports them, but he also gave you, in your experience, some hooks that give you kind of an instant ability to kind of grab a kid's attention, you know, so... Even your early days here, you know, obviously your your reputation proceeded, you know, because you can quote your 
resume and things you've done, but then say you share the locker next to Derek Jeter, that gets a kid's attention. So that's part of God's even way of preparing you to have an inroad instantly. Mm-hmm. So I, I want you know that, that that's neat to talk about, you know, and you know, before we left Russell, the uh, the the seven part documentary came out called The Captain. Yeah. And in episode one, you know, it was showing Tampa, the early days of Derek Jeter and stuff. And it's showing them out on the field. And next thing you know, I'm getting blown up with all these pictures on the <laughs> night that it debuted. And, and and kids that I coach and former players, yeah. they're like, holy crap, coach, is this you right here? Yeah. And I'm like, that's me. You know, and it's yeah. showing me right beside Derek Jeter. And, 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 and that's cool and all. And But that that's not my claim to fame. My claim to fame is in 2002 convincing a, a, a beautiful young lady, way better looking than me, to marry me that's given me the gifts of yeah. being a father. And that's my claim to fame. But, man, the, the Derek Jeter experience in the Yankees, it was a great experience, but it, it, it can't touch what I've experienced, especially the last 10 years of my public school career. The decade that we had in Russell mostly the last seven or eight years but you know we went on a a back-to-back-to-back state championship and then went to a fourth one we went to four in a row and then had it not been for COVID I really think we would have possibly gone back to back to back again but you know ending my career there with back-to-back state championships but the young men that I had that they text me still today and every text message ends with I love you coach yeah that means more to me than anything. Yeah. You know. Amen. So Amen. It's uh the parents there were a blessing, the kids were a blessing, the community was unbelievably yeah. supportive. And man, I got nothing but love for Russell. Well, then let's talk a, a little bit cuz I want to really commend you on your work since you've been here with us. Uh and and I also appreciate the way you've gone about it because you've come in and just gotten to know people, enjoyed your boys gotten to know kids, working little things all the time, but your 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 operations job never took over because we immediately had a need in the weight room, you know, and so you just go plugging in. So everything you've done to this point has actually been preparation for, I think, an even greater platform of understanding our sports science, how it fits with our whole mm-hmm. overall program with athletics, still having that avenue to coach because you're – just an outstanding baseball coach, but now an even greater platform to impact our coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, tonight you'll be addressing uh, our parents. So, you know, that partnership that we all have together and what we're about, you know, and that's uh, bringing the gospel to uh, to the world, to train up disciples, to, you know, to uh, work with kids that need it desperately. So, uh, talk a little bit about you know kind of some of the things you've been able to do and, and even things that you've noticed since you've been here. Well, you know, going into the weight room, you know that you know th- that was very uh, comfortable for me. You know, I spent years at Hartsell. They they paid me an extra month contract. Me and Larry Peck. Larry Peck was the defensive coordinator for that state championship team in 2011. And Larry's a great football coach, great with the X's and O's, but. Larry was a uh, nationally certified strength coach, and, and working with him, you know, I, I learned to understand the weight room better, and, and I felt like one of the things that gave us the edge in competition in baseball was our guys were, you know, our big three were always, number one, 100% is 
It's weeds greater than me. If you don't believe that, play somewhere else. Yeah. Number two was make sure that if you want to be the best player, you're the hardest worker. The best players have to be the hardest workers. And then number three was simply um, to make sure that uh, your body is in such a condition or shape that not only can it outperform, but it can outlast your opponent. Right, right. So that's where that weight room and the strength and conditioning comes in. And I always felt like in a three-game series that our guys still had a you know a half a tank in that game three if we had to go there. So it really didn't matter to us which two games we won. If we lost the first one, I like, hey, we got them right where we want them. And that's what you know? attracted you to me so much is because people don't understand how rare it is in the baseball world to have a guy that is a believer in multiple sport athletes and finds a way to work around that. Oh, yeah. But then also a baseball coach's commitment to the weight room, which grow is growing, but it's still it's super uncommon. And then I think, too, it challenges us to always evaluate, evaluate how we train the athletes in the weight room because I would say that some of the old school thoughts of how athletes should lift and all weren't conducive to athletic performance. Uh especially in skill sports. but Well, you know. I think the, the word weights, you know, when you say let's lift weights, uh, I, I, let's learn how to move. Yeah. Let's learn how to move. And then let's, let's learn how to move with explosiveness, second. Mm-hmm. And then weights way, 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 way at the end, you know. I mean, lifting weights, I mean, number one, let's teach them how to be athletic movers. And then let's teach them to do that with explosiveness and speed. And then the weight will come, but the technique, if you don't teach technique and, and bar speed and explosive movements and, you know, and, and, and it's a whole, the dynamic warm up and everything, I mean, just making them better movers. And, but I think the biggest thing is the integrity of what you're doing. Um, you, you can't let them just go through the motions, you know, yeah. because th- there's a lot of people that are just okay with mediocre and I'm just not one of them. And it, it hurts me to the core to watch a mediocre performance. It really does. Yeah. And, and that's why I told my wife, I said, you know, I have trouble. I, I love to practice. Coach Renfro says, you'd rather practice than play. And I'm like, yeah, I would. I mean, yeah. I, I don't apologize for yeah. it. I would rather practice because the process that we're trying to create, yeah, it, it's going to tell the tale when we play. That's right. So – yeah, I get it. You gain experience from the game and, the, you know, that game. But it, it, you can't practice comfortable. Yeah. You know, so you, you've got to make them uncomfortable often in practice. you got to add a time variable to it or, you know, just throw in some adversity, you right. know. Right, And just have them respond to it in practice so that when it happens in the game, they don't they don't lose it. You yeah, know? That's, it's so cool. We'll get to a little more baseball in just a second, but last thing. So since you've been here now, we've added you know, a new men's strength conditioning coach, a new women's strength conditioning coach. I think they're both outstanding. And you were kind of part of making sure the foundations were staying true. And, of course, Kyle Southall, you know, our director of sports science. But since you haven't been with us but just a short time, Talk a little bit to our listeners about what we're trying to do in that area of sports science and the entire process, uh, the integrity of the process, and what your thoughts are about that. I I just think, you know, Kyle's a very intelligent and very experienced and highly educated in in both sports medicine 
and sports science and performance and the knowledge that he has you know um, obviously knowledge is only so good uh, but you got to you got to get in the trenches and, and translate that knowledge to young people who don't have that knowledge but that knowledge base is unbelievable here and the access to you know technologies that we have and the ability to you know test verticals and time with lasers and you know all of the equipment for rehabilitation and things that we have i mean it's like having a built-in uh medical staff right here right. and sports performance staff right here yeah. you know so uh not many schools have that and uh no schools that i've been to have exactly what you know briarwood offers in that area uh i think the addition of uh kyle tatum yeah. and anna hicks is home runs yeah those are home runs because both number one you know like i said you know at our prayer breakfast this morning there's two p's that you need to focus on most and that's your purpose and your passion mm-hmm. and their passion and purpose are in line with one another and they're doing what they have passion for and doing it for the purpose that god intended them to so yeah. that's why you know when you're doing what you know god made you to do and it's your passion you're not going to do it mediocre that's right that's so right. and you're not going to call it work because you love what you do so you know my wife i've gotten home late you know a few days this week <laughs> and she said what are you working on and i'm like well it's really not work yeah it's more or less just fulfilling my role and yeah. uh, i enjoy it uh so it's not physically taxing, but it, it'll, it'll get on you. you got to walk away from it a little bit, you know. I see Anna, even, she's going outside and taking laps around the track. Yeah. And, or, or, or like yesterday, I just had to go. I said, I'm going to the weight room. I'm going to work out. I'm going to vent a little bit, and uh, I'm going to get me a 30-minute workout and come back in and get back to it, you know. But I wasn't meant to sit behind a desk a whole lot, So, but, but it's part of the gig. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's talk a little baseball Um Baseball is kind of a controversial thing because kids grow up, there's multiple teams, multiple leagues, you know, multiple coaches, travel, and then starts funneling down for high school baseball. And you've got coaches that are educators, you know, you've been involved in this in the public school, you know, setting for years, private school setting. But uh, no matter where I go, or when I talk to athletic directors around the country, it's it's not an easy thing to be a baseball coach, uh, but mainly because there are so many different things you can do in situations, and mm-hmm. you know there's so many mental processes that are going on, and, right. and, it, and it's such a difficult game. Uh, it is. Uh, there's a lot of failure. It's uh, so. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, you know how how you've been able to kind of grow into our staff and kind of the, how God's kind of placed some really unique people with unique giftings and how the kind of the Briarwood way that we've kind of learned is where we all kind of mm-hmm. figure out what we can do and serve one another and try to serve these kids. So. Well, well, first of all, on the baseball side, we have a tremendous staff. Coach Renfro's resume speaks for itself. His knowledge is unbelievable. Um, and he truly shares the Lord with the kids. And uh, he holds them accountable. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's a great hitting instructor. I mean, his knowledge on hitting is almost above their heads. I mean, it really is above their heads. So, but, but he does a good job of simplifying and just going, hey, you know, I use that saying a lot, by the inch it's a cinch, by the yard it's hard. Yeah, yeah. 
and, and that's what hitting is. So, I mean, he teaches it by the inch. I yeah. mean, you don't go to step two until you learn step one. So, and, and he's not teaching a swing. Hmm. He's teaching principles of hitting. Hmm. You know, and that's different because a lot of these guys are going out and, and, and parents, and, and I hate to insult parents, but they're paying some guy that's a swing or swing coach. Hitting's not about your swing. It's about your plan. Hmm. You know, it's nice to have a good swing, you know. Not everybody's got a beautiful swing like Ken Griffey Jr., but at the end of the day, it's about can you consistently deliver the barrel? Yeah. And it's not a beauty contest. It's a barrel contest, you know? <laughs> it's interesting. So yeah. it's not about a beautiful stance, a beautiful swing. It's about can you compete in the box? And, and, and when crap hits the fan and you're facing that guy that's better than you, he's got a great breaking ball, you got two strikes on you, whatever that adversity is. You know, baseball's got so much adversity to it. And, and as a hitter, you're going to fail, like you said, a whole lot. So, and I tell kids all the time, if you haven't gone 0 for 20, 20 times, you hadn't played long enough. Yeah, the old and, Or, or <laughs> you, you haven't played at a high enough level. Yeah, yeah. So it's coming. Yeah. You're, you're either in a slump, just came out of a slump, or you're about to go into a slump. That? That's baseball. That would have so helped me. <laughs> think one-third of the time. Yeah. So think about it, a third. If you bat 300, that's a third. So that, that's really good. But we're, we're really not concerned with batting average. We're, we're, we're concerned with guys having quality at bats, guys competing in the box. Are your outs productive? What are you doing that's helping the team? Uh, Coach Renfro talks about this a lot, but you know, hitting is hard. It's hard to get a hit because there's yeah. there's a pitcher and eight guys with gloves. Yeah. Well, seven guys behind him and the catcher, but you got it's hard to get hits. But it's easier to play offense. So, what's the goal of offense? It's to score runs, not get hits. So, mm-hmm. we we break it down. So that's when I say real baseball. You know, because a lot of guys are concerned about their batting average. That's not real baseball. If you look at the big leagues, batting averages aren't great. Hmm. But the best players, they get on base a lot. Or they have high slugging percentage that when they get a base hit, it's not a single. It's a double. It's a home run, you yeah, know. Yeah. So they're quality hits that help the team. Yeah. So, you know, you you can't score from first base easily. But second, third, and then obviously home runs, you score. So the the – the premium on extra base hits in the big leagues is high. I like batting average. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I, we love on base percentage, and then obviously, you know, quality at bat percentage yeah. is, is something big. But the staff here um, has been great at uh, helping. I, I think uh, I, I've never seen a greater love for kids from the teachers, administrators. Uh, the the way that the people at Briarwood, um, it's all about relationships, hmm. and that's that's been my strength all of my life. Is well, I say all of my life, my adult life is is you put me in a room, whether it's a difficult or, you know, I've never met a stranger, so I'm I'm good at the relationship piece, and that's where I think I can help us with the, uh, you know, the athletic director role. But um, and and I'm pretty decent with parents, you know. Yeah, yeah that's conflict right. resolution is important. That's right. And, and the reason I'm pretty good at it is because I've had a lot of it. Yeah, I've had a lot of conflict in my life. You know, I lost my mom when I was 13, and I went through some some rough patches. And uh, you know, there were some mistakes that I made along the sure. way. And you know, I learned from those. So 
Um, I believe there's two two things that can happen when you compete in life. You can either win or you can learn. You never right. lose. Yeah. And uh, man, I've learned a whole lot. Yeah. So. Well, I'm just going to tell you, uh, I could talk to you forever, and we, I love just sitting down in your office and we just tell stories and talk. But uh, the impact you've already had with us. Um, in your role. And it's kind of interesting. We, we all, you know, I'm carrying an interim school administrator. I don't know what that means. You're athletic director <laughs> wow. for whatever time that yeah, happened, yeah, you know, but yeah. we're, we're really a team. Uh, and it's been really cool to see, but I can't wait to see what God continues to do as we continue trying to grow and, and trying to improve, but ultimately, uh, seeing fruit that that's really, uh, decades and eternity in eternity, you know, well, speaking of that team, you know, Bobby Curley's in a difficult position. You know, yeah. he's in an interim. He's, he's principal in two schools. Yeah. And wow, does he do a great job. And, and you got Carson, who does so much for the athletic director right. role. I mm-hmm. mean, you can call him assistant all you want to, but he does he yeah. does a ton. <laughs> yes. And then Sarah at the same time yeah. on, on the, uh, the, the, the women's side. Um, and, and she's an administrator. That's I right. mean, there's people around here that yeah. wear multiple hats and – they, they balance it real well and do a great job. So, you know, yeah. during this transition, I think God knew he had, he had yeah. some good people in place that, that can handle it. And we, we've had such a great start with our new superintendent, Mr. Martin. Uh, so I'm excited about uh, yeah, him. I yeah. think he's been really good. Yeah. So anyway, we're just uh, excited to start this new school year. We, we, we're not quite f- finished our first week, but we're about to hit the road really running. So I appreciate all that you do for us. Thank you. I'm, I'm enjoying being here. It's a privilege. At Briarwood Christian School in Birmingham, Alabama. And each episode of this podcast is dedicated to our coaches, volunteers, and other staff members who help us wrestle with what it means to be a Christian, competitive, athletics program in contemporary society. Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of AD Updates.